It is Thursday, August 26th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, a guy who says he still sees okay, yet the font keeps getting bigger, J.P. Shadrick! Yeah, time marches on, and uh, I am due a visit to the optometrist. Welcome in. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on this Thursday afternoon. It's preseason week three. My name's J.P. Shadrick. We've got a busy show ahead a quarterback has been named for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll hear from Trevor Lawrence and get his thoughts on being named the starter for the Jags, Urban Meyer as well. The offense is still looking for the end zone, at least the starting offense. They have not found pay dirt in the preseason. They would like to find pay dirt before the preseason is over. We'll hear from Trevor on that as well. A little defensive talk coming up later. The preseason week three approach especially after the injury to Travis Etienne Jr. Does it change at all for Urban Meyer? All signs point to no. We'll uh, hear from the head coach on that also. Jeff Lagerman joins us at 4.15 today. We'll get his thoughts on everything going on. Network coverage of Jaguars Happy Hour at 5 o'clock. We'll also hear again from Jeff Darlington, who joined the Jags Drive Time Show this morning and Bucky Brooks earlier this week. Jaguars analyst and uh, get his thoughts on what the Jags should do or could do or might do or might not do now without Travis Etienne around. Let's get to today's news. The Jags back on the practice field again today. The final official training camp practice in 2021. The last one opened full-time to the media that were assembled today. Tomorrow it's only open for 30 minutes at the start of practice, and that will be the regular game week routine. That starts tomorrow on the uh, practice fields here. Uh, last week, the game prep week started for the Jaguars, so they were looking at the other team's, um, you know, uh, doing offense, defense against the other team's scheme or some sort of scheme, a preseason scheme. Same idea this week for Urban Meyer and the coaching staff installing some plans against the Cowboys' looks in practice. Well, they, they haven't found the end zone yet of the starting offense, of course. The approach this week likely to see some time from the starters early, it feels like, find some success, and then maybe get in the end zone and get them out of there. And it sounds like Urban uh, feels the same way. E even with ETN's injury the other day on Monday night, you know, uh, once a player's game ready, he said, it's done for the preseason for them. But then he listed only about four or five players that were game ready. That means there's about 75 others that I guess are not. And you will see a good amount of those on Sunday in Dallas when the Jaguars face the Cowboys. The biggest news this week, of course, Trevor Lawrence named the starting quarterback by head coach Urban Meyer. The announcement came down Wednesday officially, and Urban explained. I did, but, uh, you know, this, uh, it's a three-week preseason as opposed to a four. We do have the bye week afterwards, but I think uh, as we continue, it's uh, a matter of a little bit of repetition now. So we wanted him to earn it as we do with every position. We felt he has after the last uh, nice performance was, uh, it was good, obviously not great, but we you know, didn't run the ball very well. But, uh, but I kind of in my mind had that as a, after the second preseason that we kind of have to, to get someone ready to play in three weeks. Yeah, three weeks away, one more week of prep to go, getting ready for a game this Sunday, and then two weeks down. Not sure of the practice schedule yet and the uh, the dead period, or if you will, between the final preseason game and regular season week one. You know it'll be 
uh, likely that the week of week one, Monday, Tuesday is a player's off day, and then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But the week before that is the one that's a little bit up in the air still. Uh, either way, it's three weeks to get him ready now for week one, starting with the prep this week. Of course, uh, Trevor Lawrence, as you would expect, is excited to move forward. Yeah, it was good, man. We, we talked about our QB room, and, um, man, we, have a, we have a great group. So I'm, I'm really excited for the opportunity. Uh, it doesn't really change anything, though. Still got the same task in front of us. Got to get a lot better um, individually as a team, as an offense. So just looking forward to going to work this week. You know, it brings some clarity, which is nice going forward, but it really doesn't change much. But, yeah, I'm really excited for the opportunity. Grateful for it. Trevor Lawrence on Monday night made his uh, Jaguars national TV debut, if you will, and went 14 of 23, 113 yards. He was sacked once, a 73.3 rating, ran one time for nine yards and was um, well, kind of helicoptered down like John Elway, it felt like, on that play. It was third down. He wanted to get that first down, he said. You can uh, you can argue that one all day. It's the preseason, but that's Trevor for you. He's going to go after it, and so far in two games, 184 yards through the air, he's been sacked three times in the preseason. He was hit a good bit in last week's game, too, and that was a, a little bit of a concern, obviously, after the game. I think he was officially hit by the Saints defense four times in the uh, in the book after the game. I think he was pushed another time, sacked once, uh, hit on that run, so uh, took a little bit of contact last week. The other really big news this week, of course, running back Travis Etienne Jr. is now done for the year. He's on injured reserve Reported to be a Liz Frank issue in his left foot requiring surgery, and it's obviously significant uh, because he's down for the year. Urban Meyer discussed his absence Wednesday. Yeah, that was a shot in the jaw, that one. Um, it was really coming on in practice, and we're, you know, uh, you saw his big playability in practice, not in the game yet. Um, tough injury. Uh, how do we fill that? You know, that's, we're still in that conversation right now. Now, in the second hour of Jaguars Happy Hour today, we'll hear from NFL media analyst Bucky Brooks and Jaguars.com senior writer John Ozier and get their thoughts off yesterday's Huddle Up show and discuss how the Jags can either fill that role or figure out something else and, and what the options could be for that running back slash weapon position that Urban Meyer had in mind with ETN, who is no longer around. A big blow for this offense. Now to the final piece of the offense in the preseason, scoring points. Namely, touchdowns. They haven't done that with the first team yet in the first two preseason games. And the quarterback says, all is well. Don't panic. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's frustrating, but also we just got to stick together and keep playing. Um, we're going to figure it out, and I, I'm really confident in that. So we got a bunch of guys that are, that are putting the work in, and we're going to do everything it takes to, to get on the right track. So you know, I'm confident in that. I'm, I'm not worried. Obviously, you'd like to score more points than we have, for sure. But... Um, all stuff that we can build on, and we know what we need to get better at, so it's just a matter of, of doing it and going out there and practicing it. Urban Meyer was a little more straightforward and to the point than Trevor on this uh, instance, saying we need to score some damn points. And that was the sentence that Urban Meyer said the other day when he was asked about it. Uh, obviously, it will be a focus this week to get some success early and get in the end zone. Uh, they did have a couple of sustained drives right before halftime last week, which was good to see. Uh, they settled for field goal uh, one of the times and then missed a field goal another. Let's move over to the defensive side of the football now. The Saints offense, of, scores, of course, scored twice with their starting group with Jameis Winston uh, making the start. Uh, Taysom Hill got some time later with the first team in that game. Marquez Callaway caught two touchdown passes with incredible catches both times. The coverage 
wasn't too bad, but they just couldn't finish at the moment of truth. Shaq Griffin in the front left corner of the end zone, and then later Griffin and Tyson Campbell in the middle of the end zone. Uh, safety Rayshon Jenkins is in that defensive backfield as well for the Jaguars, and he enters his fifth NFL season. And we heard from him after the game in New Orleans, and he was asked what he really looks for in teammates during training camp. My, my thing is, in the preseason, I'm looking f uh, more for, um, you know, like warriors or, 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 you know, those dogs that I need to really just um, um, uh, have on my team. In the preseason, you know, there's not a lot of plays being called. Um, you got so many guys in, so you just never, you don't know who's here or who's not, you know. So it's just a filling out process right now. Um, I mean, it's a huge difference from now to the regular season. I mean, it's it, way huge difference, you know. So, I mean, uh, we still got some work to do, but at the end of the day, you know, uh, we, we still trying to just fit in those missing pieces right now. And, um, you know, preseasons are a perfect time to do that. He's one of the players that Urban Meyer listed as game ready the other day. So uh, you might not see much of Rayshon Jenkins this Sunday in Dallas against the Cowboys. The other safety spot, though, is uh, still up for grabs in the latest depth chart. There are still those four co-number ones. That was as of Tuesday, at least. We'll uh, discuss all that coming up with Lagerman here in just a little bit. It is the last chance this week for players to show something on tape. The bubble guys on the roster, it's a huge week for them because it's their last opportunity, and then we'll see what happens. The final cuts from 80 down to 53 are this coming Tuesday with just a little less than two weeks to go until opening day. So, uh, as we said, that, that battle should be solidified after this weekend at Strong Safety, some other spots that are up for grabs uh, You know, as of uh, the last depth chart on Tuesday. What kind of player, though, does Urban Meyer want to see? He broke that down earlier this week. Just got to keep swinging, man. We're going to swing. The, I just told them I'm looking for uh, fighters and I'm looking for competitors. We will have a locker room full of competitors, and I, I think we got a bunch of them. Um, but I'm learning a lot about them, like they're learning, learning a lot about us. Yeah, looking for fighters, got to keep swinging, all that, and you got to do a lot of different things, especially if you're on the bubble this week and you know if if you're on the bubble this week you probably performed at least pretty well the first couple of games those those reps certainly matter I think a little bit more than the practice field reps and then you gotta I think step out and have a day on Sunday in Dallas and it's not just in one spot it's on special teams too and that's of uh, a very great importance to Urban Meyer what can you contribute how much can you increase your value to this football team and to yourself and we'll be watching that, of course, this coming Sunday in Dallas. The final chance for a lot of these guys to uh, – it's a huge cut, too. I mean, and now, of course, last year was from 90 to 53 in one big swoop. This year they're paring it down, you know, five the first cut to 85, 85 to 80 this past Tuesday. And then now the big one coming up this next Tuesday. And uh, it's, it's a tough one. And it's the first time that Urban Meyer's really had to go through something like that. He talked about that a couple of weeks ago. The one – this next Tuesday is the real big one because these guys have been with you really the whole time through. And you got to tell some guys that they're not good enough to make your football team. Uh, but one last chance under the bright lights this Sunday in Dallas. We've got putting ahead. We're just getting started on Jaguars Happy Hour. Jeff Lagerman joins us in a moment. We'll hear more from Urban Meyer in just a little bit. The second hour of Jaguars Happy Hour on the network coming up at 5 o'clock. Jeff Darlington, Bucky Brooks, 
and plenty more ahead. Season tickets, single game tickets, and group tickets. Be a part of the new era of Jaguars football and own it. Visit jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. We're off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented in part by TIAA Bank. Created to serve, built to perform. Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com. Your family isn't like anyone else's. Your home shouldn't be either. At DreamFinders Homes, you can build the home of your dreams in one of their 30-plus communities in Northeast Florida. Choose from luxury single-family homes or maintenance-free townhomes from the 200s. DreamFinders specializes in homes built to fit your lifestyle. To find out more, call 904-738-0165 or visit DreamFindersHomes.com. If something's been hurting, aching, or bothering you, don't ignore it any longer. It's time to take care of your health again. It's time to make an appointment with a Baptist Health primary care doctor or specialist. Call 904-202-4U to schedule a virtual visit or see a doctor in person at a Baptist Health location. The time for better health is here. Call 904-202-4YOU or visit GetBetterJacks.com. Jaguars fans, here's a great way to pay with pride wherever you go. Exclusively from TIAA Bank, the Jacksonville Jaguars Visa Debit Card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features, along with the convenience to make purchases online or at millions of locations worldwide. And it's yours, free, when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Order yours today. Visit TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, it's happy hour. Let's talk whiskey options. Have you tried Citrus Distillers? Have you tried Citrus Distillers Limited Edition 2021 Barrel-Aged Jaguar Whiskey? Did you know it's only available for a limited time and manufactured in Jacksonville? Yes, Jacksonville. I said local whiskey. Try it on the rocks or in a Jack's Whiskey Sour. Citrus Distillers Jaguars Whiskey is available at local liquor stores, restaurants, and the Jaguar Stadium. Drink local, Jacksonville. Find recipes and events at jaguarswhiskey.com. In America, the future belongs to everyone. So we built the SUVs of the future for everyone, like Ford Escape, Edge, or Explorer, all named 2021 IIHS top safety picks with specific headlights. One of the many reasons why Ford has the freshest lineup of SUVs in America. Because the SUVs of the future aren't built for a few, they're built for America. Ford SUVs, drive one today. When equipped with available LED headlamps based on AutoSource Incorporated data obtained on 10-520. The station that the Jaguars listen to, 1010XL. Home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think it's all the position. 
you know, what our job, the term that I've always used is game ready. Once someone's game ready, they're done. You know, we're, we're a young team right now. You know, Linder to me is a guy that I'm not in, in a panic because I saw what he was like before he got hurt, and he's going to be 100% by game time. Uh, Marvin, I'm getting to the point where he's game ready. <clears throat> and uh, but other than that, it's a young team. Well, it's a young team. Miles Jack, by the way, played outstanding. So he's getting close to being game ready. Head coach Urban Meyer earlier this week, and welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. Veterans, choose VA for the benefits you've earned. Choose Visit choose.va.gov. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman joining us now here on the program. Good afternoon, Jeffrey. Hey, J.P. It's a great day, man. It is a great day, and we're talking Jaguar football. It's always a great day, and it's preseason week three, so we're getting ever closer to the regular season. That'll be a, a greater day, I think, once it's – for real, um, sure, sure. It's, and, and, it, and it's a great day because today is the eleventh birthday of my beautiful daughter. Oh, Taylor. happy birthday! So Taylor. happy birthday to her, and she's an amazing young young girl. Yes, she is, and uh, so excited to celebrate the day with her. It's pretty good. Uh, what kind of cake? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. It's okay. well, a good question. I mean, Need to work on that. Yeah, well, we, we, I'm, I'm sure her mama's got it covered. <laughs> I'm sure she does. What does game ready mean to you? Urban just talked well, about I, it. I think it's self-explanatory to some extent, but I think it also kind of goes to what the coach's confidence is in a player because that's from Urban's perspective, and he wants to have a comfort level with, with the players to where he terms them game ready. Look, is Marvin Jones nearly game ready? I mean, this is your 10 for Marvin Jones, Jr. <laughs> not now. There's a problem. I mean, he's problem game there. ready. Yeah. He's not nearly game ready. He's ready to go. Is Urban Meyer game ready? That's a great question, right? I mean, well, I mean, he, has, he hasn't coached yeah. in the National Football League level. Right. Uh, so he's probably not quite game ready yet. But I'm sure he's going to be there at some point. But – I think that is just a term that he uses with his comfort level. And when it's a new team and it's a, a lot of new faces to him, you have to have a level of comfort with all of these players. And it's not hard. It's hard to achieve that, especially in the National Football League, because you're limited on what you can do from a time standpoint and a number of practices standpoint. And you have a limited amount of preseason games. You don't have a track record with all of these guys, but – yeah, it's, it's, it's all personal perspective, the way he represents it, in my opinion. He announced the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, is the starter, finally. Uh, you know, a lot of fans, if you, you hear Shocking. some of the calls, are like, Shocking. oh, why didn't they do this two weeks ago, this and that? Well, it's done now, and there are three weeks. There, there were three weeks at that time until the regular season, and it's all Trevor now. I, look, I, I – I don't have any – a lot of people seem to have, like, a big issue with that he waited. Right. That's strange to me. I don't understand. I mean, I, I don't understand what the big deal is. I mean, you let players compete. Uh, was he clearly going to be the starter? Maybe. But I think you also have to be able to allow the player to compete to show his teammates that he is the best option. Because – I hate to say this, but I've, I've been in the locker room – Okay, where you have a new quarterback that comes in and the staff is all excited about him taking over the starting job and the job gets given to him without any kind of competition or, or a period of time to where the players that, that are going to have to play with this guy 
can see it and believe it. And we were, and I, are we going to say where this is? Okay. Well, There's only in, two I'll, options. I'll go ahead and do it because it's not a big only deal. Two I options. was in New York and we had we had Kenny O'Brien, who was a former first round pick, was our starting quarterback. Okay. We draft Brownie Nagel in the second round. Okay, the first year Brownie Nagel sits to watch. Year two, Brownie Nagel comes in. They hold Kenny out. Okay, to allow Brownie Nagel to take the job, mm-hmm. and we were all like, Whoa, "He's not as good as Kenny." I mean, maybe eventually he will be, but look, we got to win now. And it, it didn't happen that way. And, and I think the players resented it because there never was a competition and the job was handed to Brownie Nagel. And I think it's, it's not good for the player's relationship to the person that gets handed the job. But with Trevor Lawrence, wasn't handed the job. There was a period of time that to where they competed – it was very clear, I think, to everybody that watched, players, media, staff, mm-hmm. that Trevor Lawrence was the superior player. That's why he was the first overall pick in the draft. And so now by naming him, okay, now you've got three weeks to get him all the reps ready for the opener in Houston. I, I don't have any problem with it at all. I don't think there was anything bad about it. I mean, I've heard people say, oh, they should have been getting him all the reps anyway. Look, he still can take – reps without actually participating in the play Mm -hmm. for example when trevor lawrence is taking the snaps he's taking the reps when trevor lawrence is not in the huddle and not in her center he has the call in his ear correct okay in practice daryl bevel uses the radio communication handset so so the quarterbacks get used to that he hears the call well when he is sitting there watching you can take mental reps and sometimes mental reps are better because it gives you a little bit different perspective than actually being there, taking the snap, and then executing it with yourself. So I, I don't have any issue with it whatsoever. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. Earlier this week, Logs, you guys were uh, traveling back on Tuesday. So I jumped on Jaguars today with Mike Dempsey and Good. You, you, you Tony Smith. Two hours. my shoes well? Two hours of that stuff. Good. And a lot of those two hours, some of the calls were, oh, the play calling is atrocious in the preseason on offense. Sure, and well, it, Bevel it and was because it didn't and, work. <laughs> right. I mean, is it – they haven't scored points yet, and I get that. They would like to score touchdowns. Who doesn't? Uh, three points in the first half. Are you concerned with that, the play calling and all? It's too early, right? No, it's I'm preseason look, week look, two. Play calling, you can't look at play calling in the preseason right. and sit there and go, what are we doing? That's no. kind of my point. It, there, there is no game planning that happens in the preseason. Now, look, you're fair to criticize once you get to the regular season. When, that, that when they're, exactly when they're put, my point. When, they're, when they're, playing, they're calling plays for down and distance and et cetera. In some cases in the preseason, they have a script of plays that they're going to run regardless of the down and distance. Now, did they have that? I don't know. But, I mean, there's some teams that actually do it that way. Here's what we want to work on. Mm-hmm. And we're going to call these plays because that's what we're going to do. And so I, I'm not a big proponent of criticizing. And, and here's the other thing, JP. Yeah. Because this goes along the same lines. I, I got friends that, you know, we all have a little group text. And, you know, and, of course, the Jaguars come up occasionally. And, and, and just like many people, they watch the preseason game and they're concerned. And, and look, I, I'm concerned. Uh, you are. But I'm not freaking out yet. Okay? <laughs> Thank you. And the reason why is that I've been on teams and I've watched teams that have been terrible in the preseason. Some of those terrible teams in the preseason 
keep that status quo when they get to the regular season. They're not very good. But sometimes that's not what they look like. For example, the Baltimore Ravens have been undefeated for 19 games now in the preseason. 19 in a row. Going for 20 to yeah. break the record, the all-time record held by Vince Lombardi's Packers. Okay. Have the Ravens been undefeated throughout the preseason? No, but they've been really good. They've been really good. You can go look at some other teams in the National Football League that have been perennial losers. Some of them have winning records in the preseason. Is that an indicator of the performance that's going to happen in the regular season? No, it is not. Yeah, I mean, that's here. I mean, we've, we've had some winning preseasons. And but you want to have matter. them taste success, and yeah. you want to see them have a rhythm. It's not like you need to see them go out there and score 20 okay, or 21 points in the first quarter and go, you know, touchdown, 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 drive. How about drive the ball and score once? Yes. And I'm then, good with that. And it's uh, you want to see them get into some kind of a rhythm. One of the main things that seems to be a problem with this offense right now is that they're just not finding any rhythm in the running game. And when you have a young quarterback, you've got to be able to have a running game that's going to help you out and give you some, some semblance of balance. And right now in the preseason, the running game is not working. Is it the offensive line? Is it the running backs? Uh, whatever you want to call it, it's not working right now in the preseason, but at some point you've got to have it working. They've got they missed 60% of their offensive line. The starters were out, left tackle, left guard, sure. and center were all sure. out Sure, but, but uh, you know, to counterpoint that, okay, the Cleveland Browns came in here, you know, what, a week and a half ago all and did not start yeah. an offensive line, but uh, did they come out and run the ball effectively? Not really, mm-hmm. okay, because the Jaguars' mm-hmm. defense did a good job, but mm-hmm. they were able to move the ball. They were with a second-team offense against a first-team defense. So, I don't know if you sit there and you go, okay, well, it's preseason. No, well, you still want to see them run the ball. I don't care if they're missing a few starters or not. I mean, you still want to see them run the ball because, you know what, at some point during the regular season, you're going to be missing starters. And those guys that step in, like Ben Barch, like Walker Little, like they did last week, they're going to have to be able to play well. Shatley, I mean, those guys, Shatley has been a starter in this league before. Sure he has, yeah. I mean, there's, there's nothing, no reason why they shouldn't have been able to run the ball better than what they've been doing so far in both games. Plenty ahead. We've got some defensive talk when we come back, Logs. That's your side of the ball. I like it. I know you do. Talked to Joe Cullen today. Did you? I did. Oh, well, maybe you'll give us a little insight. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> we'll find out when we come back. Check out the Jaguars official podcast network. A free subscription on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. There are a number of different places. This program archived right after the show. We've got to huddle up with Bucky Brooks, Jags Drive Time. Give us that five-star rating as always. And it's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented in part by DreamFinders Homes. Homes that fit your lifestyle. And Baptist Health. Changing healthcare for good. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's handmade vodka distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. 
The Land Rover Defender story began with the simple thought of creating an exceptionally capable off-road vehicle, becoming the go-anywhere, do-anything, all-terrain machine. Today, there's a new Land Rover Defender, the toughest and most advanced Land Rover vehicle ever. From the beginning, Land Rover knew the new Defender was capable of great things. Motor Trend's 2021 SUV of the year is just the latest example. Test drive the new Land Rover Defender today at Land Rover Jacksonville on Atlantic Boulevard or go to LandRoverJacksonville.com. Land Rover, above and beyond. Committed to the team, committed to the mission. At Navy Mutual, we're committed to providing high quality life insurance to members of the military and their families. So our policies have no fine print and no military service restrictions. We don't work on commission, we're nonprofit. So we pass the savings along to our members. Because at Navy Mutual, our highest commitment is to you. Visit NavyMutual.org, Navy Mutual, ensuring those who serve. Headquartered right here in Jacksonville, CSI Companies is one of the fastest-growing workforce solutions companies in the nation. As a proud partner of your Jacksonville Jaguars, CSI has the resources necessary to scale with any enterprise, yet they are small enough to maintain the agility, personal service, and remarkable experience they've become known for over the past three decades. This is your workforce and your business reimagined. Visit CSICompanies.com to learn more. At most sandwich places, asking for more of something is just part of the drill. But what if you never had to ask for more? What if more was just a given? At Daly's, more is what our sandwiches are built on. More meat, more cheese, more veggies, more quality, more taste. All for a price that's anything but more. Sandwiches from Dash, made fresh, dailies. Hi folks, Frank Brandy here to tell you where to find the most authentic Southern pit barbecue in all of Jacksonville. That's right, Bono's. For 72 years, Bono's has been smoking real pit barbecue right here on the First Coast. Smoked for hours, served in minutes, and always cut to order. You can find Bono's locations all around town and on game day at TIAA Bank Field. Bono's is the official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. If you want great barbecue, head to Bono's today. If you don't see a pit, it ain't legit. Mike Dempsey and Fat Tony, Jaguars today. All Jaguars, all NFL, all the time. 10 to noon weekdays on 1010XL. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on a Thursday afternoon. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman on 1010XL and 92.5 FM and Jaguars social media channels. Glad you're along with us. Preseason week three, the Jags and the Dallas Cowboys, 1 o'clock Sunday at AT AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Looking forward to that. Final full camp practice today officially, and they're back to a what would be a regular season media schedule, at least to go watch for about 20 minutes, then stretch. That's going to be about it. Moving right. ahead. That's all right. I mean, look, the, the practice today was uppers, which, uh, you know, after – and I'm interested because I don't know the exact rules, how they work in the next two weeks. You know, you have rules that guide you mm-hmm. once you get to the regular season as far as the number of padded practices that you're allowed to have. What is it for this – because it's this is new. This is, kind of, is this the in-between window? What are the rules? Yeah, how many have, times can you practice? Yeah, you have you two know? weeks. Yeah. You know, how many days off do the players have to have? Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of new ground for the NFL here. But, uh, but I like the idea of having a two-week window from the last preseason game 
to the first opening weekend, I guess you could say, because in reality it's not two weeks away because the Thursday night game starts. There's Yeah, that's right. Well before, which I think is uh, Tampa-Dallas. And that the Thursday night game, which is like the opening night, Thursday night football? Yeah, Dallas and Tampa Bay at yeah. uh, Raymond James. Yep. Thursday, yep. September 9th. The, the uh, first big Sunday is the 12th. Yeah, so uh, in reality, it's uh, it's less than or exact, exactly two weeks away from tonight, and that that'll be a good football game. Uh, watching the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Cowboys, it uh, ought to be good. Let's go to defense logs. You know, last week the starters gave up a pair of Jameis Winston touchdown passes. Two nice throws by Jameis. Give him credit. Uh, decent coverage about, down the field. How about the catches? The catches were incredible. I mean, uh, I mean, we're talking catches that were made that were, yeah, yeah. Interference flags being thrown and these catches were being made with defenders draped on guys and it was by who's that guy? Marquez Callaway, man. He <laughs> apparently had a good camp in New Orleans and and, and he was going against Shaq Griffin. I yeah. think. I mean, look. I mean, that's that's a heck of a day for a young wide receiver that was undrafted. And I'm sure people in New Orleans are going, oh, who's that? Michael Thomas, who? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they're saying that, but uh, but certainly been impressed with this young man because that one right there where he was interfered with from a uh, young Tyson Campbell, yeah. which uh, you'd like to see a, a heck of a better play than that that he had. Uh, but, but, I mean, credit, credit him, uh, the wide receiver from the Saints, he did a really good job. Is there, uh, you know, take us through those two touchdown plays, though, Logs. You know, it was pretty tight coverage on that. Obviously, the interference play, they got the flag. He still caught the ball. And then the one in the front left corner, it was Shaq Griffin. Uh, and still, the, as Urban Meyer said in the postgame to us, we just got to finish the play. Well, Shaq was involved with both of them, okay? Mm -hmm. On one of them, it was him alone. He's, he's on an island. He's got to be able to cover it, and he's got to be a little bit more over the top couple ways to accomplish that, get a better jam at the line of scrimmage to interrupt the route and the timing or to just be able to run faster. The other one where Tyson Campbell was a corner on the opposite side of the field because the safety had to what we call cut on an out route on the other side underneath of Griffin. Now Campbell has to replace the safety and run deep. And Campbell's there. Yeah, they did a good job with that. Plenty of time. Sure. But once again – when I talked to you about Tyson Campbell in the offseason and gave you the scouting report on him, I said, this guy is the shadow, and he is. That's, he, your, that's your nickname. You've claimed it already. You, you've you cleared it through the the Marvel people, right? or Marvel as you call Marvel. them people. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, he's, he's, he's amazing as far as he can stick with anybody. But when the ball is in the air, that's when you need – that's where the money starts to flow. That's where you need to make the play, and that's – what Tyson Campbell had some struggles with at college, and that's where he needs to show improvement here in the pros. If he can show improvement once the ball is almost there, this guy is is another worldly player now. I mean, I'm serious now. Otherworldly. He can be um, – if he can finish – if he had Cisco, mm -hmm. okay, the draft pick yeah, from Syracuse. He can safety, finish plays. If he had his ball skills and finishing ability – this might be one of the best corners in the league, period. But that's something that he doesn't have that he needs to get better at. Pass rush. No Josh Allen last week. Uh, what, do you, what do you make of that? I, I think that this is going to be a, a team effort all year. And when I say that, they don't have a dominant inside pass rusher. JP, who tell me who the three-technique dominant pass rusher sure. is with his defense. Yeah, it's tough right now. I mean – 
Roy Robertson Harris, maybe. Yeah, he's not a not pass that. rusher. That's not, not him. a pass he's rusher. An edge How many guy. sacks did he have last year? Yeah, not many. Zero. Yeah. So yeah, and he's an outside kind of set the edge type. So he's a uh, he's a three four defensive end that you hope yeah. that he can find more of a seal or a little higher ceiling. But I mean that's Urban's term. You know we want to find his ceiling, but the reality is he wasn't a big sack guy to pass. Now, Jihad Ward, who we're looking at right here, yeah, is I think is the best inside pass rusher they got, that's and right. he's a two hundred ninety pound kind of journeyman, and I like him though. But I mean he plays hard. He's got a little slipperiness to him. He's big. He's you know even though he's a linebacker and he wears a fifties number, he weighs about two hundred ninety pounds, maybe mid two eighties. And uh, but besides that, could you get Devon Hamilton to push the pocket a little bit? Yes. But I'm talking about a dominant inside pass rusher or a really good inside pass rusher. You don't have one. So somehow or another, they're going to have to scheme a little bit, and then hope that the edge players and Caleb on Chazon and Josh Allen can find a way to pressure, and then when I, I would also put Smoot in that category, and Smoot can kick down and play mm-hmm. a little three technique. Sure. And Smoot gives you great effort, and he gives you good, solid play, but he's not a dominant pass rusher. So I think that's going to be something that, you know, we talked about it in the preceding games of our broadcast, and that the defense has to find a way to make impact plays. Well, impact plays come from two areas, taking the ball away, interceptions, and then also pressuring the quarterback, which causes a lot of those interceptions. So can you find that? I think that that's going to be kind of a work in progress all year long, but I really believe this defense can be really strong against the run when you're good and strong against the run. you got a chance to be better against the pass. You know, that was another topic that came up on Tuesday on, on Jaguars today was the run defense. And, yes, the statistics in the preseason have been very good, right? They, they have stopped the run whenever it has been run at them. But consider this. Best run defense in the National Football League through two preseason games. Consider but it's this. preseason stats. No, well, again. consider this. Like, the Browns didn't play any of their starters, right? It was second team. Uh, the Saints didn't have Kamara back there running mm-hmm. around. That's correct. Um, so how real is it? I'm not going to – I think it's a little early to say, hey, Eureka, it's fixed the run defense. Let's see it in real it, action. It, it goes along the same lines of people saying that this offense is terrible. I mean, it's look, it's preseason, okay? Yeah. You, you don't overreact to the offense looking rough, and then you don't overreact to the Jaguars' defense being the number one ranked – Team in the league against the run in the preseason. Well, people do, but they shouldn't. <laughs> yes, that's how it works. You, you, you take everything. There was a there was a term that was used by a former general manager here, and his name was Shaq Harris. Okay, and he always said he said you know the one thing you got to do sometimes is slow down. He said, and and then sometimes you need to give yourself a speeding ticket to slow down. He said because that, in other words, you don't overreact. You know, take everything with kind of a little grain of salt and then kind of see if it repeats itself. And then you can say, okay, well, now we need to react because there's a pattern here. And right now, there are no patterns in the preseason that typically can translate and roll right over into the regular season. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. We touched on some of the pass rush and the, and the inside guys. Um, Chase, and we were talking on the practice field today, and I brought up Caleb on Chase on. On the Jihad Ward sack, it looked like he beat the left tackle and pushed the quarterback up in the pocket, and Ward was there to make the sack. What kind of play did you see out of Chazon overall on Monday? Not as good as he had against the Browns. I mean, he made that one play that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, overall, I just thought it was just kind of okay. And here's probably one of the reasons why. This is why you kind of grade things on a scale in the preseason. Who did he face in the Cleveland game? Backup. Two backup tackles. Yeah. 
who did he face against the Saints? Teron Armstead and Ramchek. Yeah. I mean, these are two upper guys. echelon tackles in the National Football sure. League. And they did a great job. So uh, it is what it is. And then here's the thing. The sack that Juwan got, or uh, Jihad, Jihad Ward, Ward yep. got, mm-hmm. what, what offensive line was in at that point? Backups. Yeah, that's true. Backups. Okay? So that's why I'm saying you, you, you kind of just take everything with a little bit of a grain of salt. And, and, uh, and you look at the individual play, and that's why I think a lot of times when you, when you watch the preseason game, I don't watch the scoreboard so much. For me, I'm watching the play. I'm watching individuals play because there's not a scheme so much involved. There's not game planning so much involved. And sometimes, for example, C.J. Beathard looked amazing, right? Yeah, he did. Look, here's the thing I will, the I will, I will say. First of all, C.J. Beathard has warranted the opportunity to compete for there's the backup no job. No doubt. And okay? he's, you argue he's leading it by a good bit. And, there, and absolutely. Okay, but – that's part of what you look at in the evaluation process. You also have to evaluate the day-in and day-out stuff and practice, et cetera. But if you have a quarterback that goes in at that stage of the game, and C.J. is in what year now, J.P.? Do you remember what Fourth, year Fourth, I believe. Okay, how about five? Fifth year. Okay, when you have a quarterback who's got some years under his belt in the National Football League, if he's playing in the fourth quarter of a preseason game and he doesn't look good, that ain't good. <laughs> True. That's true, and and that's the one thing that you will you will find that's consistent. If you're if you're ever thinking about gambling in the preseason, do they even take gambling bets in the preseason? Oh, they do. Yes. If if you're if you're a gambling person, uh, look at the quarterback depth chart and the teams that have the more veteran talent, the backup quarterback positions, take them. Take them. I mean, I mean for they, entertainment purposes only, okay, folks? Well, I'm just saying is that they, t- they should have success, and they typically do have success because they're playing against some guys that may or may not be in the National Football League in two weeks. That's the way it is. Just saying. Speaking of, we'll come back and uh, discuss some of the cuts earlier this week, and uh, it is a big week for those guys on the bubble. And the injury. Oof. Yeah, all the injury. We'll have the uh, Baptist Health injury report when we come back as well. Jaguars game day broadcasts are presented by Vistar Credit Union. And if you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, then look no further than Ford F-150. Loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between, this truck makes tough look easy. No wonder it's the official truck of the NFL and proud partner of your Jacksonville Jaguars. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80-proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com. Jaguars fans, here's a great way to pay with pride wherever you go. Exclusively from TIAA Bank, the Jacksonville Jaguars Visa Debit Card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features, along with the convenience to make purchases online or at millions of locations worldwide. And it's yours, free, when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Order yours today. Visit TIAABank.com slash Jagscard. 
TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. In America, the future belongs to everyone. So we built the SUVs of the future for everyone, like Ford Escape, Edge, or Explorer. All named 2021 IIHS top safety picks with specific headlights. One of the many reasons why Ford has the freshest lineup of SUVs in America. Because the SUVs of the future aren't built for a few. They're built for America. Ford SUVs. Drive one today. When equipped with available LED headlamps based on auto source incorporated data obtained on 10-520. So, it's happy hour. Let's talk whiskey options. Have you tried Citrus Distillers? Have you tried Citrus Distillers Limited Edition 2021 Barrel Aged Jaguar Whiskey? Did you know it's only available for a limited time and manufactured in Jacksonville? Yes, Jacksonville. I said local whiskey. Try it on the rocks or in a Jack's Whiskey Sour. Citrus Distillers Jaguars Whiskey is available at local liquor stores, restaurants, and the Jaguar Stadium. Drink local, Jacksonville. Find recipes and events at jaguarswhiskey.com. Your family isn't like anyone else's. Your home shouldn't be either. At DreamFinders Homes, you can build the home of your dreams in one of their 30-plus communities in Northeast Florida. Choose from luxury single-family homes or maintenance-free townhomes from the 200s. DreamFinders specializes in homes built to fit your lifestyle. To find out more, call 904-738-0165 or visit DreamFindersHomes.com. If something's been hurting, aching, or bothering you, don't ignore it any longer. It's time to take care of your health again. It's time to make an appointment with a Baptist Health primary care doctor or specialist. Call 904-202-4U to schedule a virtual visit or see a doctor in person at a Baptist Health location. The time for better health is here. Call 904-202-4YOU or visit GetBetterJacks.com. When Jaguars news breaks, you'll hear about it first on 1010XL, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. It is a stressful time. I mean, um, a lot of guys, you know, futures, careers are at stake. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, we've been playing this game for a long time. So I just remind guys just to have fun. You know what I'm saying? You, you play your best when you play free. Um, you make the most plays and you're having fun. So I think um, that's usually the message that I give guys, especially going into the last preseason game, just because um, it's easy for your mind to just wander into some, some negative places. But at the end of the day, it's football, bro. We all trying to just make plays and have fun the same way we were when we were younger playing football. So that's one thing I like to remind a lot of guys. Dario Gumbawale, the Jaguars running back, and welcome back. It's Jaguars happy hour. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, busy schedule at Daly's Place coming up. Chris Tomlin, Kerry Joe, Bethel Music Tour, September 3rd. Rod Wave, September 9th. Sam Hunt, September 10th. Trippy Red, September 18th. A bunch of shows coming up late September and into October, including Carlos Santana. Zach Brown Band coming. All right. Now, now you're talking. Tickets at dailiesplace.com. That'll be a good one. Uh, time for the injury report presented by Baptist Health, changing health care for good. Not good news this week. Dylan Moses still on the active non-football injury list. As we say, uh, always, that feels like a long-term solution. Injured reserve now, Travis Etienne Jr. with a foot injury. Reported to be Liz Frank. And three wide receivers, uninjured reserve, Terry Godwin, Josh Amaterbebe, and Tim Jones. And on the reserve COVID-19 list currently, Josh Allen. 
And I believe he has to have two negative tests to uh, be able to get back after 10 days. That's correct. So that's going to be a little bit. He won't be available most likely this week. Well, a couple things on that list. I mean, first of all, Josh Allen, I I hope that at some point he gets vaccinated. I mean, that's the one thing that's concerning about – the players that are not vaccinated, there's a higher risk of them not being available on game days. And it's apparent, I guess, that, you know, that I don't know if he's unvaccinated or vaccinated, but if he's unvaccinated, I hope he gets it. The Travis Etienne thing, yeah, gotten a question a lot, obviously, since yesterday about what exactly can the Jaguars, to, you know, can they do to replace, who's going to replace Travis Etienne? Oof. The answer is nobody. No. You can't replace a guy that has game-breaking speed, that has big playability, that catches the ball. And it just doesn't happen. I mean, that's why he was a first-round pick, because he's a rare talent. And it's a shame. I feel for him. The Liz Frank injury is something that I had in 1995. And it's one of the most painful things I've ever felt injury-wise that I had in my career. And now, to explain it, I, I don't want you to put your foot on the desk and show me. I, you know, I don't need that. But Why basically, it, it's between the, the big toe and the second toe, well, kind of midfoot, okay, right? Got, it's I about right. I got shorts right. on here, so it's not okay. that big of a deal. If you, were, if you were to touch the top of your arch, and I have fairly high arches, okay, okay but if you were to touch the top of the arch, right there in that area lies mm-hmm. the Liz Frank area. Got it. And my injury happened <clears throat> when uh, one of our one of my fellow defensive linemen got thrown to the ground, and he landed. And my foot, the toe was down in the ground, and then the heel was up, and he landed on the top of my my heel. Yeah. And it essentially compressed my foot. Yeah. It tried to smash my foot, so Oof. toes were up, and it didn't hurt my toes like getting turf toe or anything. But it all the stress went to the middle of the foot. To that, there's a joint there, yeah. Liz Frank joint. Yeah, the Liz Frank. If I if you Google this, you'll I think find that a Liz Frank was named after some guy who falls out of a. Uh, uh, they found this injury common with people that fell out of their horse saddles because it strained or sprained the middle of the foot. And Liz Frank, I guess, was some guy that used to ride horses or something of that nature. But anyway, I will tell you that. I missed the last four games of the season in 95, the inaugural season here in Jacksonville. And then when I they, – they didn't deem that surgery was necessary for mine. They wanted to rest it to see if that would cure it. So then I started – I actually did like nothing, no training, no running or anything until um, uh, through January, February, then March. And then and at some point in March started to come back and running. And literally, JP, it still hurt so bad. It took literally like four and a half, five months mm. – for my foot to heal. And so we're talking about an elite running back that has elite speed. That's the one thing about foots, and I guess he's going to have surgery, it was reported. Yeah, that's right. So could he heal faster than that with surgery? I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm not a doctor. I just play one on TV. Yeah, Uh, on IR uh, before the season, so he's done for the year. But that's a pain. That's a painful, painful injury. And and I think he got kind of landed on in a pile, so, so I'm, I don't know if that's exactly like what happened. We were looking at this today because he had that the pass out in the flat where he kind of slipped down awkwardly, and then he kind of looked as he got up. It was an awkward yeah, kind of step, and then he stayed in the game. Yeah, but he stayed in and didn't seem to be limping or anything. That's right. Two plays later, and the next play he's kind of running down the field. 
the play after that was a one-yard run up the middle, and he that's, came out of that. That's where I'm wondering, did somebody land on him in that? And it felt like you know that was the play also that Marvin Jones went off to the sideline and had his shoulder looked at, which was an AC sprain. Correct. We found out later. So they didn't show ETN limping off on television. Right. Because they were showing Marvin Jones at the time. Right. So we didn't get to see exactly so I, I see it. My, my thought is, and I don't know this for a fact, that when he went into that pile, somebody landed yeah. on his foot, and that's what compressed it or – uh, impacted his foot, but yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate because you know, look, I mean, this we talked about this after the draft, and that you know, you you want to have two positions for a young quarterback that are very capable, and those two positions are first of all, besides the strong running game, I'm talking about in the passing game. Yeah, sure. The security blanket of a quarterback, tight end, mm-hmm. which the tight end people always refer to the tight end as kind of a security blanket because that's easy completions. Quarterback can take it and throw it to the tight end. Five yards, boom. Five yards go. or ten yards down the field. Mm-hmm. Big target, okay. Tony Gonzalez, right? I mean, caught a million of those little, little what we call choice routes or little stick routes, whatever you want to call them. Well, if the tight end is not supplying those easy completions, what's, what's the next be- best position? The running, running, running back. Yeah, running back. Running Out back. the flat, but, swing pass. But the Let's unique go. thing with ETN is that this is legitimate – world-class speed on a football field that has great open field elusiveness that would have given this team a a hold-your-breath factor when he catches the ball in space. And I, at this point, you're not going to be able to find that because that no. is already signed elsewhere, and they don't let go of that. No, and, and, and some people said, well, what about Jamal Agnew? Can he do that? Can Tavon Austin do that? Look, can – Philip Dorsett provides some of that as a wide receiver. Look, the, the reality is, is that some of these guys have been around and bounced around with different teams for a reason. Yeah, that's right. And I'm not trying to criticize the players because some players will bounce around the league and have different teams under their resume and still be really good players. Not, not great players, but good players. What you were looking for with ETN was greatness. When you draft somebody in the first round, you're looking for greatness. And it's a shame that they lost him for the season. I hope he comes back strong, and I know he'll work hard to do that. Some cuts earlier this week. The Jags had to be from 85 to 80 on Tuesday. Derwin Gray, an offensive lineman, was cut. Jameson Houston, cornerback and defensive tackle Kenny Randall, all gone. The Jags later in the week claimed offensive lineman Badara Treor from the Bears. And waved Garrett McGinn, the offensive lineman. Treyor is uh, saw him out there to dangle. Big man, six seven three twenty is what he's listed. Yeah, and McG- he's about all of it. Well, who he he replaced McGinn, who McGinn had a really rough game. Okay, I mean okay. a rough game against the Saints. They, you know, for almost all of training camp, McGinn had been at right tackle, and then because all of a sudden Cam Robinson can't play, Walker Little starts at left tackle. Now they need a backup to play left tackle. They move McGinn over, and it just – it was outmatched. And so, uh, you know, he, he would be really good at, seriously. Who? Wrestling. Who, McGinn? McGinn. <laughs> you seen the guy? <laughs> Big long hair guy, right? He looks yeah. like The Undertaker. <laughs> I'm serious. This guy needs – he needs uh, – you know, football doesn't work out. Remember Austin Pastor that used to play here? Pastor. He, yeah, he he looked like one to me too. He did. Big nasty yeah, looking yeah, yeah. dude with long hair. Well, I'm just, JP, I'm just telling you. Garrett McGinn, he he might have a future in wrestling. If he if football doesn't work out, 
They somebody from AEW needs to call him uh, out. I think they have his he contact. Totally, info. He totally has that that Undertaker look to him. Wow. Yeah. And he's a big guy. I mean, obviously he's All an offensive that. lineman. Yeah, he's you know an athlete. Yeah, they are um, battling for roster spots. This is the final chance for a lot of guys to get some things on tape. Obviously, the old cliche: there are thirty-one other NFL teams. If it doesn't work out here, you might uh, find somewhere else to be. So uh, that's a big cut from eighty down to fifty-three next Tuesday, and I'm sure there are a lot of guys that are anxious about their opportunity this Sunday. Well, and they should be. And what what you bring up, you bring up the word opportunity. This is the last opportunity for a, a couple different things. It's it's the last opportunity for this team to have a game type situation to get ready for the regular season. It's also the last opportunity for some of these guys to get a look, to show the coaches what they have. It's also a last opportunity for the coaches to see it. Because this is the last impression that will be on their imprinted on their minds as they're making the decisions over the weekend. So it's uh, it's going to be an interesting cut. I think there are going to be some very difficult decisions. I think at the safety spot, there's going to be a couple players that are going to get let go that are going to be really good players that other teams. If I'm watching, if I need a safety. Well, maybe like the Dallas Cowboys that have some issues with COVID and everything. If I need a safety, I'm looking right here in Jacksonville. And I'm a, I'm going to find a guy that they cut that can come in and start for me somewhere. So, and that's, I think, also brings up that will teams watch the Jaguars? Maybe at certain positions. But this team will be watching other teams' waiver wire. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. They and, will be absolutely yeah. looking to improve position groups through other teams' cuts. And they get the first three weeks of the regular season to take advantage of the first choice. That is correct, so because they were the worst team in the league last year. Better take advantage while you have it, if there are opportunities to use it. You know, it's not like you're going to – all of a sudden you're going to make the talent. Let's say you had a, a number rating system for talent, and let's say, you know, let's say you're at a 65. Right. You're not going to take your overall team-level talent to like an 80. Yeah, we're not, we're not playing Madden here. No. You know, right. Because the guys that are getting cut, for the most part, are getting cut for reasons. But there are teams, like the Jaguars, that have mm-hmm. at that safety a position, surplus, if you will, of that, safety, it might have a little surplus. And I think the teams that are smart find a way to manage the rosters to keep that talent together, and then to find ways to utilize those players or to gain value from them. Just besides cutting them, hmm. you know, can you trade them to maybe acquire a player? At another position that you're delinquent at, can you trade them to acquire a draft pick in the future? I mean, those are all things that are, are going to be considered. But make no mistake about it. Even though you think, or okay, this player, they make cuts, okay, they get down to 53, and the players that are on that 53 are going, yeah, 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 I made it. Ooh, you <laughs> might want to just hang on for a minute. Yeah. Because there will be more transactions that ensue because, remember, there's a lot of time between this weekend and opening weekend. Yes, there is. Two weeks, in fact. Uh, that'll do it for our first hour of Jaguars Happy Hour. Network coverage begins. More of Logs and, and me coming up. Can't get enough of it today. We've got a lot going on in the second hour coming up. We'll hear from Jeff Darlington of ESPN. He said, I'm with Trevor Lawrence before Monday Night Football. Bucky Brooks has his take 
on the Travis Etienne situation, how they replace it. Second hour of Jaguars Happy Hour coming up next on the Jaguars Digital Network.